fella owns this shithole. Well, sir, you were a cowardly son of a bitch. You just shot an unarmed man. Well, he should have armed himself. You better bury Ned right. You better not cut up no otherwise harm no horse. I'll come back and kill every one of you sons of bitches. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Story Strike podcast. Sitting to my right is the wonderful Tom Hazelton, and I am Patrick Sweeney. How's it going, everybody? How's everyone doing? Welcome to our second episode. Second episode. That's right. It's going to be a special one because we've decided to do movies, and we picked a couple of really good ones. A couple of our favorites. Um, Basically, when we were coming to the selection of what we were going to talk about this episode, uh, we decided that we should pick a movie that we mutually love, uh, as well as one of us would decide the other movie. And for this time, Pat was the one who chose the other movie, and he picked his favorite movie. One of them. One of. Definitely in the top three. For sure. I would say. But, uh, yeah, so the movies we picked, of course, well, if you haven't read on our... uh, what would you call it on our on our Twitter account? We, we Twitter out, and Facebook, yeah. Yep, that uh, we're doing Terminator Two: Judgment Day and Unforgiven, starring and directed by Clint Eastwood. Mr. Clint Eastwood himself. Uh, so ter- first, I thought we'd talk about maybe why why we picked these movies. Sure. Um, well, I'll talk about the the mutual uh, movie, which is uh, Terminator Two. Yeah. Uh, Terminator Two <clears throat> is is very much a, a favorite childhood movie of both of ours. For both of us, yeah. Um, yeah. I remember watching that movie when I was, God, I was probably eight or nine when the movie came out. And uh, I remember having action figures yeah. from, from the movie. And uh, I was playing with them. And then I remember my, me and my brother, who's like three years older than me, uh, we wanted to see this movie so bad because remember hearing about like the older kids on the playground mm. who seen it and we hounded my parents and hounded my parents and they wouldn't let us watch it and they wouldn't let us watch it. It was an R-rated movie, right? And eventually my mom caved and she's like, all right, you, I'll rent it for you, but if you have nightmares, it's your own fault. And I remember we got it and we watched it and I just remember being just glued to the screen yeah. in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, that, it, it blew me away when yeah. I was a kid, for sure. I've seen it, I don't know for sure, but probably upwards of 20 times. Oh, I've definitely it, seen it more than that. Yeah, it's just, it was one of those movies. I haven't watched, we, we watched it recently yep. before this podcast, but I hadn't watched it for probably a good 10 years, but that would put me at 20 years old, so from whenever I first watched it, when I was probably 8 or 9 till 20, I don't know how many times I saw it, but it was a lot, and I yep. never got sick of it, and I always thought of it as one of those movies that, didn't ever really get dated no it definitely still holds the test of time right but i mean we've come a long way with cg graphics mm-hmm. so and i haven't seen it in 10 years so when we watched it that was going to be a big thing for me does it still hold up yeah obviously it's going to look a bit dated but you can you can see in terminator one um some of the effects were dated by the early 90s already mm-hmm. they yeah. were just like the puppetry of, of the machine and whatnot. I think they did stop motion, like yep. the way they did with the old yep. King Kong movies. They did that at one part, and it uh, it just didn't hold up. One thing, though, um, we did, however, watch this movie on uh, on Blu-ray. Um, yeah, and we and, both had the same feeling. And we both had the this. same feeling. Like some, some of the visual effects, I think, needed the film grain and, and needed, like, 
just that graininess to to really come home. Yeah. Because I remember watching it on VHS and thinking that it looked amazing. Well, that's what I when, yeah. we, when we first got into it on the Blu-ray, I thought this movie was made for VHS, yeah. not not maybe not even DVD. Yeah. It's the clearer it is, the more dated it does look because you can see the imperfections like just as an example at the beginning of the movie when when arnold schwarzenegger's character comes back in time and there's these burn marks on a transport truck yeah. the burn marks literally looked like somebody went with a highlighter and traced it you know what i mean like it was yeah. like a neon pink and it just stood right out and it just didn't look right but, um you but know, with you know, the graininess of the vhs you wouldn't exactly you wouldn't know, pick up on those things um uh, but before we go on yeah i uh I wanted to uh, mention one thing about about movies, and this is a new podcast. We're still trying to figure ourselves out and, mm-hmm. and, and what we are. And one thing I, I wanted to be careful of and steer clear of is that we're not movie reviewers no. or book reviewers or whatever story we're doing. Mm-hmm. So we're going to inject our opinions, of course. But the purpose isn't to say, here's a movie, and we're going to talk about what we think of the movie. Should you watch it? Should you not watch it? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's, we're going to try our best to focus on, uh, the on, story. on the story itself and inject our opinions about this and that, because it's what this podcast is supposed to be about. It's about mm-hmm. telling a story. But we realize we can't just read the script in detail, because you'd rather just watch the movie if, exactly. you, want to, if you want to get the best effect of the story. So we're going to do a bit of both, I think. We're going to talk you yeah. through the major plot points. And uh, stop periodically to discuss certain scenes, mm-hmm. and um, you know maybe our favorite parts. Stop on a good quote, yeah, um, and give our opinions. And give our exactly, and that's the best best way to do it. And hopefully, you guys want to hear that. And uh, we always welcome your feedback. Um, if there's yeah. anything you'd like us to change with the podcast, or anything you want to hear us do differently, you can always email us or tweet us. Uh, all that information is in the description of however you're listening to this right now. So yeah, so make sure to do that. With that said, I think Tom's going to take the reins, and um, he's going to walk us through Terminator 2, Judgment Ter- Day. Terminator 2. Judgment Day. Uh, so this movie was released in theaters uh, July 3rd, 1991. Uh, it was directed by James Cameron. It was written by James Cameron and William Usher Jr. Uh, it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator or the T-800, if you will. Uh, Linda Hamilton reprises her role as Sarah Connor. Uh, Edward Furlong, this was his uh, major film debut. Um, and he plays 10-year-old John Connor. Um, Robert Patrick plays the T-1000, which is a more advanced Terminator, uh, and that's that's the main cast and crew right there. Uh, currently, as of the day that this podcast is recorded, it's currently January 12th, 2017. It is the top 44th movie on IMDb. Uh, it has a positive rating of about 8.5 on IMDb. Um, 991 user reviews and 207 critic reviews on IMDb. It's it's a very cherished movie. People love it. Um, it was nominated for six Oscars um, in the 1992 Academy Awards. It was nominated for Best Sound, Best Effects uh, for Sound Effects, Best Effects for Visual Effects, Best Makeup, Best Cinematography, and Best Film Editing. Uh, and it won for sound, sound effects, editing, visual effects, and best makeup. It didn't win for best cinematography or film editing, but it was also nominated for BAFTA awards. Uh, it, it was ahead of its time, as far yeah, as very much so. Um, special effects went. It was the big. It was a big step forward. Oh yeah, it was a huge step forward. Like it was the standard. 
four movies for the longest time when it came to visual effects. Um, but as of the movie itself, uh, this is a sequel to the original James Cameron movie, The Terminator. Um, for those of you who don't know, just a super brief of, of The Terminator is uh, the artificial intelligence becomes um, self-aware. Yeah. And it decides that, you know, humans are, are the reason why the planet is being destroyed. So it decides that it's going to eradicate all humans. Um, but Should pause because this is a huge topic that's going on now in the scientific world with AI. It really is, getting, yeah. Getting more intelligent. Well, what's what's funny is, um, just, just, to, just to derail here for a moment, uh, just looking at some of the technology we have now, like before when we were getting set up, I was playing with a drone. Mm, yeah. And like, you know... Drones are super popular right now, and some of the hunter killers in the movies look like, like gigantic, drones. Gigantic drones. Which is crazy. Like, it's hilarious. It's kind of creepy, yeah. Um, so anyway, there's there's this person. He rises up. His name is John Connor. He's the one who leads the human resistance to, to take down the machines. Uh, so the machines decide in the first movie they're going to send a Terminator back in time to kill his mother while she's pregnant for him so he can't rise up and lead this resistance, thus ensuring their victory in the war. And that was the first movie. That was the first movie. So, of course, you know, it, they were thwarted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they sent back one machine and a human. The human... Arnold Schwarzenegger was the Terminator. Sent yes. back to kill... Yeah, Sarah, Sarah Connor, his Sarah mom. Connor, yeah. And then uh, Kyle Reese was sent back from the future, and actually he's the one who gets Sarah pregnant. She wasn't pregnant. Uh, right. They just decide to kill her. Um, so Terminator 2... Uh, it takes place 10 to 11 years after the original movie. Um, so when the movie opens, it, it just shows the future. I believe it's like the year 2029. And it just shows that humans and all man-made structures are pretty much gone. It just shows machines patrolling. Nothing but skulls and bones of humans laying everywhere. Just completely laid to waste. Um, and it, there's an opening narration of Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor's character, basically saying like... The machines have risen, you know, humans are slaves, etc, etc, etc. So we get this big opening scene of, of the war, the actual war between humans and machines. Um, also in this opening sequence, they, they summarize the plot of the first movie and talk about how John rises up. Um, but then she mentions that the first Terminator failed, so they sent back a second Terminator to try and kill John when he's 10 years old. Um, so then we cut to 1995, which is technically present day, I guess you can say, in, in the movie. Yeah. Um, you see the T-800. He comes back in time. It shows him. He has interactions with some bikers in a bar where he's trying to find clothes, boots, and a motorcycle. You know, yeah. so he can he can go. And you don't know, watching this movie, you really don't know where his allegiance is at this point in time. Because well, yeah, and I don't know if did they. I wonder if they hid that from the from the public. I'm pretty I sure. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they the did because I remember people seeing, would have thought that yeah. it's Arnold. He was the bad guy in the first movie. Yeah, so exactly. He's probably the bad guy in this movie. I'm pretty sure watching some old trailers like on YouTube and stuff that it's. I'm pretty sure it was lightly hinted at, but it wasn't flat out. Oh, he was bad, but now he's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I don't I, think I, they I don't did know. That. I haven't seen them. But. So it shows. Uh, it shows Arnold come back in time. Uh, and if you've seen the first movie, you know immediately he's a Terminator. Plus, you see like his massive strength. You see whatever in the bar, so that that solidifies he's a Terminator. Then it flashes to another part of town, and you see another second unnamed man. He comes back in time. Uh, he takes out a police officer, takes his clothes, uh, 
um, goes into the police computer. Yeah, it's kind of obvious right there he's a bad guy. Well, not, not at the same time, because you have to keep in mind in the first movie, Arnold came back and Kyle Reese came back. Yeah. You're not told... What who this yeah, other person is? But it's just where he blatantly kills Kill. the police officer. Well, it, it doesn't he actually might... show him blatantly kill him. It could be insinuated he punches him in the stomach. Yeah, we don't like, know he has blades for hands at this, at point, this point in, in time. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so there, he he gets his clothes. He's he get he gets the police officer's clothes. Goes into the police car. Goes on the computer. You know, does his thing. Finds John Connor's current address. Um, he's actually living with foster parents because Sarah. Between the two movies, you come to find out that she is hell-bent on stopping Skynet, which is the, the artificial intelligence. She's hell-bent on stopping them. Yeah, because she so, knows what, what what's going to happen. They're gonna do, yeah. So you hear stories throughout the movie of how she tried to blow up a computer factory. She tries to do this. She tries to do that. So she's in a mental institution, yeah. right? And, and because of everything that's going on and because how she's trying to, to warn everybody about what's going to happen they they institutionalize her in a, in a maximum security uh mental institution called pescadero state hospital um so during this time uh you you see john he's 10 years old he's working on his dirt bike he's listening to guns and roses you know the typical yeah. early 90s yeah. badass kid and just to, to to throw something in there when uh i think we both had the same feeling that when well for me anyways when i used to watch this i was a lot younger especially when i first watched it john connor was this kind of badass older guy right mm-hmm. yeah and he doesn't look 10 years old by the way we we figured he looked more like 12 but when anyway, we were younger looking up to him he yeah. looked like he was like 14 or 15. 15 to us which is you know this cool age but what's funny like i pointed it out to you and and you had never noticed it before but when the t-1000 is on the cop computer yeah it actually says age 10 yeah you know what i mean and that seems really young for everything he's going to be doing exactly but anyways the point is looking now it he looks like a kid he's like a, he's a 10 year old kid. just a 10 year old kid from our eyes now it's, yeah you know wow he really is young yeah and, and it, the effect is totally different because when you're young, you're looking up to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's this kind of tough guy who rides around on a dirt bike and With steals his, uh, money from yeah bank machines because he's a gadgets. he's a computer hacker because his mom taught him yeah. how to how to manipulate machines. Yeah, um, he has his uh, his friend with the the big red mullet. Yeah, and they listen um, to Guns and Roses. They listen to Guns and Roses, but the funny thing is, is it's like the only song they have. Yeah, because you like, could be mine. Yeah, you could, you be, could mine. be mine by Guns and Roses. But the thing is, is it's it's like way later in the day, and they're still listening to it. The same song. Yeah. But at the beginning, so they're rewinding the tape and like. Just yeah, because they, have, over they over. have a little tape cassette player, boombox. Yeah. So they're obviously re- rewinding the song. Yeah. Getting back on their bike. Yeah. Playing it again. Exactly. Um, so so the opening, like, 20 minutes of the movie, you have this man from the future who's disguised himself as a police officer, who you still don't know who he is at this point in time. Right. right? Uh, he, he's looking for John. You have Arnold Schwarzenegger on his Harley that he stole from a biker at a bar yeah. looking for John. Yeah, so he didn't have the nicest intro either. You know, he's be- I mean, they're bikers. It's not a cop, yeah. but he's still beating people he's beating up people and threatening up. them. Exactly. And they're literally looking for John. So um, John, he's at his, his foster parents' house because his mom's institutionalized. Um, it shows an interaction between John and his foster parents, and they don't get along at all. Like, he wants nothing to do with them. He thinks they're... He, he actually, at one point in the movie, says uh, they're dicks. 
Yeah. Todd, Todd and Janelle are dicks. Or, and Todd says, listen to your mom. And he's she's... like, not my mom, Todd. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. So he, he wants nothing to do with him. He's a rebellious kid. He drives off on his dirt bike with his uh, Archie-looking friend. Yeah. And, and they go to about, the arcade, yeah. which is what the, bad kids The Galleria. Do. Yeah, the Galleria. Yeah. Um, so it shows the T-1000. He comes to Todd and Janelle's house after John's gone, asks, hey, where's John? You know, I'm looking for John. And the thing is, is John has this reputation of being a bad kid, like juvie, you know. Yeah, so they're not like surprised that the cop is yeah. looking for him. Um, and then they mention that this big guy on a bike was looking for him, too, so... You know, what's going on? Two people looking for John, yeah. right? Um, and it also, at this point in time, it, it's flashing to Sarah in the mental institution. And you see that this meek, weak character from the first movie yeah. is now this badass, like she's, she's ripped. M- militarized. Yeah, you know, militarized, she's... exactly. That's the exact term. Um, and it even shows her, like a video of her when she was first put in the institution, just talking about how this is what's going to happen. And, and I don't think it was when she first got in there because I, I think they were showing her it was a review right saying I think it was like within a year or something okay she's trying to prove that she's she's she, better she's better air she wants to she wants to get into a, a minimum security so one. she can see John yeah um but but the, so yeah she's talking about what's gonna happen when when the AI becomes you know sentient or whatever right what's gonna happen and that scene even watching it now gave me chills. Is very well acted. It was, she's she was deaf. My opinion, I think yeah. I think we both had the same opinion that she did the best job acting. Oh, in the yeah. movie. I mean, she didn't have a lot of competition. She has a ten year old kid and Arnold and Schwarzenegger as a robot. As a robot. Yeah. But uh, no, she's she's a she's a great actor. Yeah. For sure. Just talking about how you know the bombs are going to drop and everybody's going to turn to ash. And... Are Are we going to be able to? Do you think we can we can play that that clip? I'm going to try to. Okay. So you might hear the clip now, and you might not. Editing. <laughs> Editing. That's right. I knew we weren't going to talk about this, but I figured if we're going to th- throw yeah. it in there, we might as well mention it tonight. So hopefully hopefully you're hearing it right now. Strobe light. Burning right through my eyes. Somehow I can still see. the dream's the same every night. Why do I have to come? Please continue. Children look like burnt paper. Black. Not moving. And then the blast wave hits them. They fly apart like leaves. Dreams, cataclysm, the end of the world are very common. It's not a dream anymore, it's real. I know the date it happens. I'm sure it feels very real to you. On August 29th, 1997, it's gonna feel pretty fucking real to you too. Anybody not wearing two million sunblock is gonna have a real bad day, get it? God, you think you're safe and alive? You're already dead. Everybody, him, you, you're dead already. This whole place, everything you see is gone. You're the one living in a fucking dream, Solomon, because I knew it happened. It happened. 
And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully it worked out. Uh, so after after John and his friend are stealing money from the bank, right? They uh, they they go to the mall and they're in the arcade, and it shows this police officer mm. asking these kids, "Hey, where's John?" And he asks these you know ten year old girls, and like, "Ooh, he said he was going to the Galleria." Like, yeah, yeah. All all these they had leather jackets on. They're these ten year old girls that are talking to a cop. Yeah, he went to the Galleria. Ugh. So anyway, you're, and you're still wondering, like, why is this cop looking for him? Because you know, once again, Arnold Schwarzenegger's a Terminator, right? So this cop's looking for him. Finally, after searching for him, he corners him in the arcade. Mm. Um, he sees him. His Archie-looking friend with the with the big red mullet um, notices the cop first. Like he he asks him straight up. He goes, "Have you seen this boy?" He's like, "No, I've never seen him." But then he runs back to John yeah. and is like, "Hey, man." This cop is looking for you. Like, yeah. leave. So the action is about to begin. Yeah. Here. So John's like, okay, cool. So he runs, and once once the cop sets his eyes on John, he goes right cold, just absolute steel yeah. stone face, <clears throat> and all he cares about is getting to John. Yeah. And he starts walking towards him, and like people are in in his way, and he's pushing them out of the way, like. With reckless abandon, like even yeah. Archie gets pushed out of the way. Like, hey man, I think I saw that kid. You, hey, <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're like, okay, so this guy definitely needs to get to John somehow. So John's running. He goes in behind of the mall. Yeah, right. he's kind of like the back hallway. Yeah, he's in the back hallways. Um, there's a mall security guard. He's like, you're not supposed to be here, kid. Yeah. And and he's going, and he turns a corner, and he sees. The T-800, the Terminator, with a box of roses. Yeah, Arnold. Slowly told... walking towards him. Yeah. And as he's... This is one of the um, iconic scenes... Yeah, one, yeah. one of the iconic scenes of the movies is him walking with the box of roses. Walking with the box of roses, and John's staring at him. I don't know if he realizes at that point in time who he is, because I'm sure his mom has described to him what yeah. the Terminator looks like. That's just a like. big, scary-looking yeah. guy walking And then he pulls the shotgun out of this box of roses, and yeah. he's walking towards John, yeah. and John sees this, and he's like, holy crap. So he turns So he turns around, and then the police officer comes around the corner, and he pulls out a handgun, and he points it at John. T-800 comes around, points a shotgun at John. And he says, get down. Yeah, and John's in between the two, and he's looking back and forth, and then all of a sudden, the T-800 looks at John, and just goes, get down. So John ducks... T, the the Terminator fires a shotgun, hits the police officer, and there's this big, metally liquidy hole that yeah. forms. Um, and he falls to the ground. No, he he recoils first. Yeah. yeah. And then, in this then point, Terminator picks grabs, up John, turns him around, turns him around, and makes a shield. Makes a shield. Like yeah. he's he uses himself as a shield. Um, T one thousand like starts emptying his clip. Pew, pew, pew. All the bullets are getting absorbed into the Terminator's back. The poor mall worker. Yeah, he gets you know, shot. His can of Pepsi gets... <laughs> he, should, he should have ducked. He, he should have listened He should have got down. He should have listened to Terminator yeah. as well. Uh, so uh, the Terminator, the T-800, he busts open a door, throws John through. Basically, he's like, get out of here. Yeah. You know, fires... Uh, fires his shotgun into the t into the the police officer and it's just these big shiny holes that show up and then they heal themselves and he gets back up and then they start fist fighting at, and at this point should we explain if people don't know uh, maybe they haven't seen it what we're, what, we're getting there what he is we're getting You're gonna there. Get to that? I'll get to there when okay. it's revealed in the movie okay okay yeah that's so a, yeah, that's a good quote too isn't it yeah so uh yeah, so they're fighting in the mall, thrown through walls, thrown through pane glass windows, everything. The police officer, he gets it, gets the upper hand on the T-800 and starts pursuing John. So John gets to his bike, 
He, he speeds off. Then all of a sudden, the police officer's running after him. He's almost keeping pace with him. Yeah, like very fast. Very fast, almost That's catching That's iconic, thing, the way oh, he's running, too. Right? Just the, with his hands straight, like yeah, he's cutting like, through like, the air. Like knives, like yeah, he's cutting through the air. Exactly. And everybody was running like that after the oh, movie yeah. came out. Thinking, thinking it would actually make <laughs> you run <laughs> it would faster. Make you faster. Yeah. Um, so eventually, the, the police officer gets a transport truck. And he's uh, he's trying his damnedest to get John, and, and it's around like this time you realize like he's trying to mercilessly kill John. Yeah, like, you know what's going on yeah. at this point. Yeah. Obviously, at this point in time, you know that this police officer with the shiny metal holes that heal themselves um, is, is bad, and he's not a human being, and he's not human. Exactly. Should have figured that out. Um, so there's this really awesome iconic chase through like the L.A. like canals. Oh yeah, I, there is a there's a name for it, but. You know, it's a, it's kind of a famous area or whatever. Yeah, like the LA canals. I don't know what they're actually called, but um, like John's on his dirt bike, Arnold, Sh- and being chased by the police officer in a transport truck. Arnold Schwarzenegger's on his Harley, and he's blowing through gates. Like yeah, he's blowing the locks and off. He's of doing gates. the old um, the old John Wayne move with the, the spin uh, the shotgun. Yeah, what kind of shotgun they? Not pump action. The uh, oh, it's not bolt action either. It's like no, lever no. action, it's lever like the, action. It's a lever, yeah. yeah. So you, but you can twirl it around and and yeah. and, uh, and load the next shell. Exactly. And that's that was I believe that was an old John Wayne yeah. move he used to do in his old western film. So and as we're so he's doing that and yeah. he's blowing through these locks, locks. on these gates, so yeah. driving through them. And eventually he catches up. He uh, he takes John off of his dirt bike, puts it on, puts him on his Harley. Um, they they speed off from the transport truck. Uh, the T eight hundred blows the transport truck up with with yeah. the cop in it. It's it's obviously we can't do the scene justice. It's very intense. Yeah, it's one of the best action scenes or, or it's, it's one of the best action scenes, scenes of all time. Yeah, not not just of this movie, but of all time. And at its at its time, um, it was. I mean, nobody had done anything close to that. Yeah, just the amount of money that was oh, spent to, to do that. Just that one scene alone. And you know, there's more, like this film is filled with. Iconic moments, like yep. when when Arnold when Arnold uh, ramps his motorcycle so he can get in that canal. You know, it's like a, a fifteen foot jump on a Harley. Yeah, it wasn't actually Arnold who did it. You can tell with the face, but, but um, whatever. But it was a, a very iconic. Moment. Um, but and also speaking of stunt doubles, when uh, Arnold pulls up behind beside John, he grabs John and puts him on his bike. The guy playing John's like thirty two. Like, <laughs> but again, that goes back to the Blu Ray thing because you can see it so yeah. clearly. And on VHS, you you can't it's so grainy. You you can't you tell notice, that yeah. digital change in in face. Yeah, good call. Um, so he they blow up the transport truck. They drive off. the The police officer walks out. He's all he's all silver at this point in time. But then once again, he heals and he looks normal again. And he walks off. So it's around this time that John is like, you know what? I don't know what the hell's going on. Pull over. So he pull the the T hundred pulls over. John gets off the bike. He's like, you know what? I figured out for myself. You're a Terminator. I know you're a Terminator. Why are you here? And that's when the Terminator tells him, listen, in the future. You reprogram me. You send me back in time to protect you. Yeah. So and that's he realizes his mo- everything his mom told him was true. Yeah, exactly. She's not crazy she's after not, all. Yeah, she's not crazy after all. This is 100% fact. Um, and he's like, holy hell, it, it's true, all of it. Yeah. All of it's true. Um, and it's around this time that you're told that the uh, that the police officer is in fact a, uh, a T-1000 Terminator. Uh, he's a bit more advanced than the T-800. Uh, he's made out of uh, mimetic p- 
poly alloy. Yeah. And John's like, what the hell does that mean? He's like, liquid metal. Yeah. So, so that's what it is. So instead of it being like a metal skeleton covered in tissue, he's just made out of liquid metal. So like bullets pass through him, they heal, they keep going. Uh, so once again, it, they're, they're driving along. It's nighttime. Uh, John's like, you know what? I got to call Todd and Janelle. Like they're dicks, but they need to know where I'm at. So he goes to a payphone. He he calls his his foster parents, and Janelle answers, and she's talking to him, and she's very adamant, being like, "John, where are you right now?" Like, he's like, "I'm fine. Don't worry about it." And she's like, "No, where are you?" And in the background, John's dog is barking. Yeah. And if you if you remember from the first movie, one thing from from dogs, the humans always keep dogs because they bark at the machines. Yeah, that's they can, a, they can tell. Yeah. They can tell. Um, and John's like, that's weird, the dog never barks. So the T-800 takes the phone, he disguises his voice as John, and he's like, hey, you know, what's he asks wrong? John, he, with, yeah, with, with he, has, he asks John, what's the dog's name? Yeah. And John's like, his name's Max. Yeah. And he's like, okay, so he's like, hey, Janelle, what's wrong with Wolfie? I can hear him barking. And she's like, Wolfie's fine, where are you? And he hangs up the phone, and he knows right then and there, your foster parents are dead. Yeah. So... So that's that. That's that. And then it flashes back and you see that the T-1000, he turned his arm into this giant knife, Todd right through the throat and the milk carton, right through the mouth and the milk yeah. carton. Yeah. Really cool scene. Really um, cool. Probably when you're a kid, it's probably the, probably the scariest scene That is scene the, the scariest movie. scene in the movie. And I remember yeah. that scene gave me nightmares. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. That totally did. Um, so it was around then after they, they find out that the foster parents are dead, um, John is like, we got to save my mom. We got to break her out of the mental institution. She knows what to do. And and the Terminator's like, no, it's too dangerous. We're not going to do it. So John and the Terminator get in this uh, get in this fight where they're screaming at each other in the parking lot. These two guys hear this commotion going on. Yeah. So they run over or, to or see what's John wrong. Screaming at yeah, John's screaming the at the Terminator. Terminator. Like, and they come running over and they're like, are you okay? And at this point in time, John realizes, because the Terminator physically grabs him, saying, no, you're not going to save your mom. And John's like, let me go. And the Terminator basically lets him go, and John falls. It's like, why the hell did you do that? Terminator's like, because you told me to. That's when John realizes that everything he tells the Terminator to do, he has to do. Yeah. Only if it's an order, you know what I mean? So these guys come running over, and they're like, are you okay, kid? Like, what's going on over here? And John's like, I'm fine. Don't Beat worry it. about it. What does he call them? He says, you jock douchebag. Yeah. Beat it, you jock douchebag. Yeah, and then they get upset, and then, you know, they, you know, fuck you, you little dipshit. Yeah. Right, like, that's, that's the quote, that's right? exactly how they said it. Yeah, like, <laughs> that right. That was a good impression. Yeah, thank you. Um, and then John's like, you just called me that? And he basically tells the Terminator, teach these guys a lesson. Yeah. And the, ter- and the Terminator, he pulls out his gun, he's getting ready to shoot a guy in the face, and John's like, no. Like, he stops him from killing him. Um, guys run off. Guys run off, you know, get out of here. Uh, and then they have this big conversation about just randomly killing people. It's not morally right yeah. for you to go around killing people. So this is where the morals come into this movie. Because mm-hmm. they weren't... they weren't. It wasn't as strong a theme in the first one. And, and in this, in this uh, second movie, James Cameron really made a... Uh, Injected a lot of morality into it. Yeah, it's all about humanizing a machine. That that that's basically what the plot of the movie is. Is is figuring out, you know, can can a machine be human? 
can it have human emotions? Can it whatever? You know what I mean? Um, so that, like you said, that's when the morals start coming in. Yeah, he starts it's not just them. about machines, though. Too, that's kind of a metaphor for humanity. Yeah. It's kind of he's kind of you know John is saying you can't you can't kill the human. It's and, and the thing the irony is that he uh, Terminator can't understand why. Yeah. He keeps saying why. Why? Not. Like yeah. he doesn't get it. I'm, him, a, I'm a Terminator. I'm a Terminator. That's yeah. what I do. Why can't I kill? And yeah. He, but he's trying to teach him morality, but mm-hmm. he can't quite explain it himself. Right. Like why it's wrong to just kill random people. Yeah. So on the way to the the, the asylum, um, you know, the T-800 basically tells him this is very dangerous because the T-1000 is going to assume you're going to try and make contact with your mom now. So he's going to kill your mom, assume her, and then kill you. And so they're driving there. Um, come to find out that this is all happening on the exact same night that Sarah plans to make her big escape from the asylum, yeah. you know. So she she finds a way. Makes sense because there's a lot. There's a big theme of destiny in this too. Yeah, there really so, is. I never I never pieced that together. It's in all there's honesty. a lot of destiny that goes on. So it's yeah. it kind of makes sense that that's the night that she's trying to break out. Yeah. So she's already half broken out when when they get there. When they get there. So the T1000 he's sneaking in. He's you know assuming the role of guards. He's killing people. He's getting in there. Meanwhile, Sarah's breaking out. She's beating the crap out of. Uh, at a security guard, yeah. you know, finding her way through. She kidnaps, like, the main guy and says she's going to pump him full of, like, Javex or, like, yeah. and uh, and drain cleaner. Yeah. And this is the guy that's that's constantly not berating her, but, you know, telling her that she's crazy. Yeah, he, and, he's, and, he's her therapist. Yeah, yeah, he's her therapist. And, and so now she has him literally by the throat. Yeah. Threatening to kill him if they don't let her out. Yeah, exactly. So she's using him to, to basically as a shield to get through all the checkpoints mm. to get to the elevators. So after she gets through the elevators, you know, by being a badass, because she is, um, as she is, as soon as she gets to the elevators, the elevator door opens, and out walks the T-800. And he comes out, and he looks right at her, and she literally falls. She's so terrified, yeah. Yeah. she just <clears throat> falls. And she's like, no. Like, oh my god, starts no. Starts screaming no. Starts screaming no. She turns around, starts running away. John comes out of the elevator and he's like, Mom, like, calm down. But she's like, no. Like, she's yeah. trying to get away from she's him. She's dealt with the Terminator yeah. before. So, as as she turns back around, she runs into the arms of the security guards. And they're trying to subdue her, subdue her and whatnot. And the Terminator comes and he grabs each one of them and throws them through windows. Just yeah. throws them around into and walls. And the therapist is leaning up against the wall just watching all this. Just happen. watching it all happen. So terrified. Um, yeah. You know, gets rid of everybody. Does the classic, you know, hand down to the camera. Come with me if you want to live. Yeah. And uh, John explains to her that it's okay. He's here to help. Like, trust me. And she's she's very adamant about it. And then they see the the T-1000. He's there in the hallway with them. Yeah. And he does this really, once again, iconic scene. You're going to hear that a lot when we talk about this movie. Well, iconic scene. so scenes. many good moments. I guess we could use classic if, yeah. <laughs> if we want to exactly. mix it up so we don't get redundant. So he, uh, he literally, like... Phases through these security bars. Yeah, because they're metal and he's metal, so yeah. he can kind of just bloop. Yep. <laughs> like Even he, if it's not metal, I guess he could do that. Thing yeah, he turns like just, like like a liquid and he just walks, walks through it. Through it, yeah. And it's really like, cool. like a ghost sort of. Yeah, exactly. So he goes through, and once he's through, he immediately he puts his gun up and he just starts firing. And Terminator, you know, puts himself in between John and Sarah, <laughs> makes them go to the elevator first. He's running behind them. They get in the elevator. Doors close, and Sarah's like, 
what is that? Like, what is going on? And then the blade goes through the elevator doors, yeah, yeah. and he he pries the elevator doors open. Yeah, he can turn his hands into hooks, not just blades. Yeah, so, and he what what was that? Let's go back a bit. He said uh, John was wondering why he can't turn himself to a bomb, just right? To kill John, but. It's uh, he, it, too many complex moving, moving parts. parts. And he's like, uh, so what can he turn it into? He's like knives and stabbing weapons. Yeah, hard, yeah. hard uh, yeah. steel objects. Exactly. Um, yeah, so he, he pries the doors open. Once again, in a classic scene, Terminator aims his gun right at his head, pulls the trigger, head splits in half. Yeah. Doors close. They're going down the elevator. It's like this screeching Yeah, like noise. the... Yeah, like it's, it's exactly it's, it's a weird it's, sound. It's a weird noise he makes when the yeah. It's I like, guess if metal could scream, that's that's what it would probably sound exactly. like. It's like a screechy yep. So metallic so, sort of sound, I guess. So they go down the elevator. They're in the elevator. Uh, Sarah at this point in time, no, she doesn't get it yet. So they're going down the elevator, and she's once again asking what's going on. Shows T one thousand. He opens up the elevator doors again. Jumps down the elevator shaft. Lands on top of the elevator, starts hand knifing, yeah. trying to stab them. You know, the Terminator, he's shooting up through the top of the elevator with a shotgun. Sarah takes his side pistol, starts shooting too. Uh, she gets cut, like, on her back at one point in time. Um, so they finally, they get down to the bottom of the elevator. They steal a car. They drive off. And once again, the T-1000's in hot pursuit. He's running after them, and Sarah and the Terminator are both taking turns shooting at him. Like, the Terminator's like, hold the wheel, and he sticks his hand out, and he shoots him, yeah, or Sarah's so, shooting her gun, hanging out the window. So it's just This is the scene where he, he jumps forward and hooks himself onto yeah. the back of the so, car, which has been parodied. Yeah, it's been parodied in everything, from the Simpsons to, like, yeah. Family Guy, everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just this really intense scene. Um, but the one thing that when we were watching it that I pointed out to you is this is really also the first time that it's really driven home just how much Sarah has been training John. Mm. Because the Terminator, he runs out of ammo and he literally hands the gun to John and he's like, reload me. And John just starts reloading this pump action yeah, shotgun. and I didn't realize Or this first, lever action shotgun. You know, that skeptical voice in me spoke up. When that happened, I thought, oh, there's no way he'd know how to load that gun. But then yeah. you said it's it's because yeah. she's been training him from a young age. Exactly. So, so it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And same with, with Sarah. Whenever she's out, he hands her a clip and was like, here you go. Like, it, it just really starts to drive home just how much training this kid has. Yeah. Um, so... Once again, T-1000 gets on the trunk of the car. He's like frantically has his, his hook knives. He's trying to hit John, just trying to kill John. Terminator, you know, shoots him in the hand and then shoots him and he falls off of the, falls off of the car. And they drive away yeah. from him. They get away from him. Um, that's when Sarah and John have this, uh, this interaction where she's like, why? You know, you could have got yourself killed. Don't worry about me. You're more important than me. You know, whatever, whenever it comes down to it, you have to choose yourself over me. And John's just like... She's really upset at him. Yeah, she's, she's pissed. She's, she's getting mad at him. So, like, she yells at him so much so that he starts crying. Yeah. Like, and he's just like, I needed to see you. Like... Yeah, or I had to get you out of there. I had to get you out of that place, and, yeah. I, and I needed to see you. And she's like, you know, you're more important than me. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. And that's when the Terminator, for the first time, sees a human cry. Yeah, he looks and in the rearview mirror. He looks in the rearview mirror and he's like, what's wrong with your eyes? Yeah, so what's wrong with the eyes? And John's like, nothing. Like, don't worry about it. So they, they come across an abandoned uh, gas station, like an abandoned garage. 
and that's what they hold up for the night. Uh, so the the Terminator he patches Sarah up because she gets that cut on her back. You know he sews her up. Uh, Sarah takes all the bullets out of him that he absorbed because had they have stayed in he wouldn't have healed. And yeah. if he can't pass as human, he's no good to them. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's also a little bit of talk here at this point in time where where John asks him like, "Can you act human?" And he's like, "Well, I'm a learning computer." Well, I I think they're driving they're driving in the car mm-hmm. and he he asks him something. The and, next the next morning yeah, is when he asks and him. He yeah. says, and Arnold says affirmative yeah yeah so like john basically starts telling like asking him can you be more human like can you learn to be human and he's like you know i'm a learning computer i i can basically learn to do anything and that's when sarah's like okay so you becoming a learning computer and you learning to adapt that's what makes you more efficient at killing like that's how you get into people and and makes you more efficient he's like yeah you're right that that's exactly how yeah yeah so, like you said, the next morning he said he has detailed files on anatomy. Yes, she, and that's what she says that makes you a more efficient yeah. killer, and that's why. Yeah, exactly. I have detailed files. He says that like four times in this movie. Yeah. Um. So the next morning, like you said, they're driving in the car through the desert. Uh, they get a new car. Yeah, because they ditched the cop car for a station wagon. Yeah. So they get a new car from this garage. Um. And as they're driving, once again, it just brings down the whole human aspect where. John asks the Terminator a question. He's like, affirmative. And John's like, no, you don't say affirmative. You say, like, no problemo. Yeah. Yeah. Starts teaching him all these um, slang terms. Yeah. Um, Teaching them the slang terms, teaching them how to be more human. Um, You know, instead of saying, uh, what was it? So you say, instead of saying affirmative, you say no problemo. Uh, you say... If you want to shine someone on, you say hasta vista. Yeah, you say eat me. Or yeah. you can use combination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's teaching them all these slang terms. It's basically Bart Simpson <laughs> talking to uh, yeah. Terminator. Yeah. Um, so as, as they're also in the car, this is when the Terminator starts telling Sarah about the future of Skynet as the, uh, as the sentient computer that destroys humans. He also tells her about uh, Miles Bennett Dyson. Uh, he designs the learning computer. Uh, it is entrusted with command of the military force. And when Skynet becomes self-aware and it's terrified, um, the controllers try to shut it down once it becomes self-aware. And Skynet retaliates by launching a nuclear attack against Russia. And then Russia does a counterattack, which eliminates the U.S. Um, and this whole chain of events where, where the computer attacks Russia, knowing Russia's going to attack back, killing most people, that's what's known as Judgment Day. This happens, I believe it's August 29th, 1997, so it's like in two years' time. Yeah. Uh, so when, when you learn about Dyson, um, Sarah's like, okay, I want you to tell me everything about this Dyson. What he looks like, where he lives, mm. everything. Yeah. And the way she says it and the way, like, just the look on her face, you know it's cold and calculating. Yeah. It's dramatic irony because yeah. we, we, we know what's going yeah. on. But, and, but he, but, uh, but the Terminator doesn't. And neither does John. Neither does John. Yeah. And he's like, I have detailed files. <laughs> right. Um, so they arrive in this desert camp um, and they meet up with uh, this guy named Enrique. Uh who it's never really explained fully who Enrique is. He's just there. He knows Sarah. He has a ton of weapons. 
You know what I mean? He has like a military compound. Yeah, it's obviously have a, they have a, a past together of some sort, yeah. but they never really elaborate too much on it. No, it just but it, it just kind of shows you runs with with a certain type of people. They're yeah. obviously um, criminal. You don't know if they're. I mean, she's not a bad guy. She no. wants to save the world, but they're not the most outstanding citizens. You know, no. they're they uh, hide weapon caches. What is it? Cash? Yeah, cash. A weapon cache. Yep. Uh, so when they get there, they meet Enrique, um, and that's when the T-800, he starts really showing more interest in being human. That's when he starts asking John, like, why do humans cry? Yeah. You know, well, we just do when we're sad or happy or... or well, he tries to explain it to him, but again, it's something that yep. a robot can really... He says, it's when you hurt, but nothing... It's, it's when you feel pain, but nothing hurts or something. He says something along those lines. Exactly. Like he's trying to explain what emotional yep. pain feels like. She still yeah. loves him, I guess. I see her crying sometimes. She denies it totally, of course, like she got something stuck in her eye. Why do you cry? You mean people? Yeah. I don't know. We just cry. You know, when it hurts. Pain causes it? Uh, no. It's different. It's when there's nothing wrong with you, but you're in anyways. You get it? No. All right, my man! No problemo. Give me five. Just put it out your hand like this. Come on. All right. Now hit me. Give me five. Do the same thing. Do the same thing. All right. Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, up high, up high. Five low. <laughs> Too slow. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Let's try it one more time. Watching John with the machine, it was suddenly so clear. The Terminator would never stop. It would never leave him. And it would never hurt him, never shout at him or get drunk and hit him or say it was too busy to spend time with him. It would always be there and it would die to protect him. Of all the would-be fathers who came and went over the years, this thing, this machine, was the only one who measured up. In an insane world, it was the sanest choice. Um, so at this time, Sarah, it shows her she falls asleep, has a, has a premonition to Judgment Day. Really cool scene where, like, everything's blowing up. Yeah. Um, and when she wakes up, she sees that she has carved the words, No Fate onto the table she fell asleep on and you're like no fate it's a callback to the first movie kyle reese told her you know no fate but what we make you know something like that um so it's at this point in time that sarah believes that if she kills dyson she can change the future from preventing skynet from ever being invented and thus stopping judgment day um so for this next little bit it's literally her going to Dyson's house, John and the Terminator trying to catch her and stop her from doing it. Um, so, of course, it shows Dyson. He's at home with his family. Uh, she attempts to assassinate him. It doesn't work. 
uh, she doesn't kill him, but when she's getting ready to, she has him. She has the gun right on him. Yeah. And she's like, and his kids there. His kids you know, there. Saying, Don't hurt my dad. Yeah. And, and she's like, you, you son of a bitch. It's all your fault. Yeah. She keeps and, saying, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. And, all your fault. and he's like, what? Because yeah, he doesn't. He, he has no idea. He hasn't done anything. Yeah, exactly. Because it's happening in two years. And that's when, and that's when she's like, you know what? Like this person, as of right now, is innocent. Like he hasn't done anything. She backs off. Well, she's more horrified at what she what almost, she was gonna do. What she yeah. was gonna do. So John and the Terminator, they they bust into the house. Uh, John comforts his mom, while the Terminator goes to Dyson and his family checks him over, make sure he's not yeah. dying or anything. Um, and Dyson asks, "Who are you people?" And John gives Dyson a switchblade, takes Danny, which is the kid, and Arnold, he, he cuts the skin off of his arm, revealing his metal arm. Yeah. And at this point in time, I'm going uh, I'm gonna reference earlier in the movie, you see Dyson working in the computer lab, and they have the arm of the original Terminator yeah. from the first movie. They have yeah. the arm, they have the chip, and that's when Dyson realizes, okay, I know who this guy is now, like, this is real. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is happening. He's horrified, mm-hmm. yeah. but he, obviously, he makes the connection yeah. there, and he doesn't know, really know what's going on yet. No. So they're going to explain They him. explain to him, and, and so the Terminator, he sits him down and tells him everything he's going to do in the next two years. And even Dyson's like, oh, man, I think I'm going to be sick. Like, how could I do that? So they convince Dyson, get us into the well, lab. Well, he thinks he's, he's, doing, he's doing it, it for, for good. For good. Yeah. You know, it's not, he's not doing anything. No, not at all. Um, overly wrong. It's just that they, they're not ready for this technology and it, it takes over. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they basically devise this plan. They're going to go to the lab. They're going to destroy the arm, which is what they're... They're basically reverse engineering the arm and the microchip from the first Terminator as well. Um, reverse engineering it to, to make Skynet, essentially. Mm. Uh, so they decide, okay, well, let's go in. We're going to destroy all my research and we're going to prevent this from happening. Yeah. So they go in. Uh, of course, they have to take out a security guard. And, you know, another security guard comes. Gibbons, you can't leave the desk like that. And sees he's tied up in the bathroom. And they call the cops. And they, they put two and two con- two, the two and two connection that it's, uh, it's Sarah Connor with the guy from the mall. And the guy from the police station, you know, ten years ago. Yeah, because they, they, fi- they have files on the Terminator yep. from the first movie because he yep. massacred a... A police station. A police station. So they send but, the entire police force yeah, and SWAT cause, team. Because that was another great moment too. Because he says he says uh, the cops are on or the cops are here, and I think Sarah says how many. And John's like all of them, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- the Terminator is like, okay, you guys finish up here. I'll take care of the cops. And as he's getting ready to leave, John's like, you swore you wouldn't kill anybody, and he's like, just trust me. So, once again, classic iconic scene. Yeah. Terminator in the window, shooting this minigun. minigun yeah. like, and all he's doing is he's scaring the cops. Like, he's shooting at their feet, he's blowing up the cars, yeah. like, doing it in a way that he's just basically scaring the crap out yeah, of them. Yeah, but there's, like, an entire police force yeah. out there, and he's just standing in this window. Yeah. So he it's, de- it's, it's one of those ultimate childhood scenes. It's exactly. just so cool. It's yeah. one of the things that makes you love Arnold so much. Yeah. And, like, when you're younger and you look up to the... That sort of, that sort of thing. I don't know. Like the, the action. The action. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he he scares the cops off for for Dyson and Sarah to finish what they're doing, um, and I remember once again when we were watching it just the other day. It's like, oh hey T one thousand, welcome back to the movie because like you haven't seen him for like an hour at this yeah. point in time, <clears throat> and he's at Dyson's house and he overhears on on the cop scanner. Um, 
this is where they are right now. So all available forces go. And he immediately turns around and he goes to the, the lab. Um, so as they're finishing up, setting up the bombs and everything, the SWAT team comes in. They they start opening fire. Dyson gets caught in the crossfire. He's bleeding out. Um, and Sarah, John, and the Terminator are like, okay, well, he's, he's pretty much dead. So we're going to leave him. Well, he even says you know, he offers to yeah to, he he knows he's gonna die he so he gonna gestures to Sarah, Sarah Connor to and he has the the switch for the the, the detonation he has de- the detonator and he says I'll take care of the yeah. rest of this yeah right? he knows he's gonna die. die yeah so they they leave um they're going through like the elevators and whatnot and the SWAT team comes in and Dyson's there holding the detonator and he's like <laughs> I don't know how much longer I can hold this <laughs> and the the SWAT leader sees oh my god he has a detonator like and it's Hank from it's Breaking Hank Bad from Breaking Bad Dean it's Norris yeah yep. yep. so, you picked up on that I thought no way because he looks I mean he has a mask on but you can see his his eyes yep. and his face and I thought, no, that can't be Dean Norris yeah. because it wasn't what ninety one. He yeah. looks the exact. He looks same the exact then same yeah. as he does now. Yeah. Um, so of course, uh, Dyson he drops the detonator. He blows up the the computers. Blows up everything. Uh, the Terminator, Sarah and John, they're they're in the elevator going down when the explosion goes off. When they get down to the bottom, the rest of the SWAT teams there and they start throwing tear gas at them, and they have uh, they have one gas mask that they took from earlier. Uh, and they're holding up in the elevator while the T-800's like, stay here, I'll come get you. Yeah. So he takes out the SWAT team, once again, shooting them in the kneecaps, taking off their gas masks, whatever. Grabs a SWAT van, drives it into the building, does a really cool U-turn, they get in the back, yeah. and they drive off. So at this point in time, the T-1000, he commandeers a helicopter. And he's chasing this SWAT van in a helicopter down the freeway. So Sarah, she uh, she hides John under a bunch of bulletproof vests, and she's like, "Stay here, and don't come out." So she's shooting at the T one thousand in the helicopter. Really cool scene again, right? Yeah. Of, of the T one thousand shooting at them from the helicopter, yeah. and them shooting at him. Um, she gets shot in the knee, I believe, at, at this point. Um, in the leg and the thigh, I think. Yeah. Um, like even still, like the the scene when when the the SWAT van gets overturned. And they get a different vehicle, and then the T one thousand. He gets like a liquid nitrogen truck, yeah. And he jumps. He jumps truck, from yeah. like the back of the truck to the front of the transport truck, and just point blank empties a, a submachine gun yeah, clip into the T one thousand. At one point, he gets John to take the wheel, I think. Yeah. And he jumps on the back, and he climbs up under the front of the yeah. of the transport truck, and he gets down on one knee and just aims the yeah. assault rifle right into T one thousand's face and just unloads, unloads the clip. Now I know we're not doing the action scenes justice. Like if you haven't seen this movie, you have to watch it strictly for the action. If um, you're if you're plot. into that kind of thing, if if you like action, it's yeah. one of the best action movies mm. ever made. So they they go into a molten metal factory. This uh, liquid nitrogen transport truck gets overturned. The T eight hundred he he launches off of it, but the T one thousand he gets he gets covered in this liquid okay, nitrogen. Okay, so I'm gonna stop you here. Yeah. So this is probably. We're going to talk about iconic scenes. The, this is probably the, the most iconic scene of that entire yeah. movie. So the T the T one thousand he gets out of the truck. He's like frozen, like he has like frost all over him. Yeah. He's trying to walk, and he sees getting slower and slower and slower, and eventually he just starts to shatter, like a like a statue. Yeah. And he gets stuck, and he freezes, and he's stuck there. And then the T eight hundred he points his gun right at his forehead, and the classic hasta la vista baby pulls the trigger and he shatters yeah he shatters yeah so you're thinking okay he's frozen fine no big deal 
But then the Terminator notices, oh crap, we're in this molten metal factory. He's melting and he's coming back together. Yeah. Um, you see the little yeah. mercury or yeah. whatever, liquid so, metal yeah. slowly being drawn back yeah. together into one form. Yeah. So this is basically the climax of the film here. Um, in, in this part of the movie, John and Sarah, they're trying to get away from the T-1000 in this factory, trying to find the way out. He corners them. Um, literally like him and the T-800, the T-1000 and the T-800 have this big fight. And this is when the T-800 gets his arm ripped off. Yeah, he, gets, he basically gets Half beat his up. face he ripped off. He gets beat up pretty bad by the T-1000. He gets destroyed, essentially. Uh, and you think the T-800's dead. Totally dead. He No, they have, they don't they have two fights. The first time, the, he traps him in the gear. He traps his arm in the gear. Yes. And he's trying but, to grab him. But the fight, it's still the same fight because he grabs the pole, rips his arm off, and then... No, it is a, t- a second fight. Second yeah, you fight. are they right. Have, they yeah. have two different fights. Because he, he uh, comes with uh, yeah with Sarah. So it, it's and it's showing what it's showing is that Terminator will never give up. He's he's there he's, to protect. He's going to try. He's going to keep trying and trying. Yeah. And he is an inferior model. Right? He's a T eight hundred, not yeah, the T one thousand. So you get that sense that okay, how can he beat him? He isn't yeah. he isn't as proficient. Yeah. You know, he's not yeah. as good a model. Yeah. But he keeps trying. Exactly. Um, so eventually the T-1000, he gets the upper hand, he pins him to the floor with this giant pole, his his eye light goes out, and you think he's deactivated. Yeah, he's deactivated. So, so he, at this point in time, John, even John and Sarah get separated, because uh, they go to the top of the staircase, the T-1000, he corners Sarah and John, and she sends John down on a chain, because remember the T-1000, he like... He puts his like a knife finger through. He's like, "Call to John right now, like get him here." And she's like, "No." Yeah, she refuses so, to call to John. Yeah. Right. So, so he's basically torturing her. So he assumes the role of Sarah. Calls for John. John goes to the T one thousand disguised as Sarah, thinking it's actually his mom. Why didn't he actually it, kill her? Why I don't didn't know. He kill her. That wasn't explained. No, was it's, it? that's one thing I I've never figured out. Like yeah, because it ends there, right? He's yeah. torturing her, and she won't give in. But yeah. it doesn't show what happens after that. And it's just assumed what he leave her like. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised he yeah. didn't kill her because he, yeah. he can become her. He yeah. can, he can form, change his form into her. Yeah. So uh, he, he assumes the role of her. John goes to her, thinking it's his mom, but his real mom steps out of the shadows, shoots him in the stomach. You know, she, she then proceeds to unload a bunch of shotgun shells, and you think he's gonna fall into this liquid metal pit or this molten metal pit. But she runs out of shotgun shells just before. Just before, and I always made the fall. joke, you know, throw the damn gun. That's right? what I always thought too. Is like, yeah. just throw the gun at yeah. him. Like, so, but then, but then the T eight hundred run up and kick him or yeah. something. But then the T eight hundred, who who's using his reserve power, he rides up on this gear out of nowhere with this grenade launcher. Yeah. shoots the T one thousand. T one thousand explodes, falls into this molten metal pit, and dies. So yeah, and it's this long. Drawn scene, out scene. And he's, you know, he's screeching and stuff, yeah. and he's, you can see he's... He's in pain. He's being destroyed yeah. by yeah. the uh, the molten metal. So, with the molten metal, they destroy the Terminator arm, they destroy the chip, which they took out of the lab, saying, then, you know, if this is gone, then there's no way they can reverse engineer it, and it's not going to happen. And then the T-800's like, oh no, there's still one more chip, and it's in my head. Yeah, so, so they realize, oh... He's going to destroy himself. He has to destroy himself. Self-terminate. Yeah, I cannot self-terminate because he's not programmed to be able to. So he makes Sarah do it, like lower him into the metal. Yeah, he's like the liquid metal. He grasps grasps a chain and and he's going to 
make Sarah lower him, but John is is. Uh, I order you not to go. I order you not to yeah, go. He doesn't. He doesn't want him to to yeah. destroy himself. Yeah. But he knows he has to. Yeah, and then he knows at that point in time why humans cry. Like he gets it. Like yeah, he says. I you know, know now why you cry. It's, it's it's supposed to be the the touching moment of the film, and I think it does quite well. Yeah, and he he because he's finally. In a way, he's learned humanity. He he looks at John and he touches his face and he says, "I says I know now why you cry." But this is something I, can, I, I cannot, cannot do. do. So he there's only he can only take his humanity so far. Yeah. Right? He's still a robot. Yeah. And John has to accept yeah. it. Yeah. I cannot self-terminate. You must lower me into the steel. down into the liquid metal does the the iconic thumbs up yeah shows the power going off shows john and sarah crying about it because at this point in time even sarah's attached to him uh then it fades well sarah has like a look of respect on her yeah, face yeah. as he's going yeah. into into the, the metal yeah then it fades to a highway and it's basically a, a last narration of saying you know our fate is what we make of it you know we might have stopped judgment day now but that doesn't mean yeah it's not going to happen and that's basically that's the plot of terminator 2 what did you think? When's the last time you watched it? Before? Yeah, before this time. Five years, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. What did you think looking at it now, being older? Still still holds up. Kid? Yeah. Still holds still up. Still holds do up. You, do, you, do you find, though, it's as... For, for me, um, it's gone down one... It's gone down a notch for me. It's mm-hmm. not... It's, it's always going to be one of my favorite childhood movies. Right. But I wouldn't put it as, you know, like what I consider like the great pieces of film right which I did when I was younger I was how can anybody not think this is one of the greatest films ever made but I've grown up right right it's, it's an action flick is what it is but yeah so in some ways it's gone down um, because personally I don't think James Cameron is quite as good as people make him no. out to be he, I, he, he got lucky with a couple movies I well I mean he's got obviously got skill he's James yeah. Cameron but I think after Terminator 2 he became so huge because yeah it was such a well-made film and it was yeah. such a success that basically anything he did after that was is guaranteed like the golden standard exactly um, so with Terminator 2 uh, I did reach out to the listeners okay. said hey you know if you loved this movie let us know. Uh, we got two emails. Um, one is from my brother, Mr. Joseph Hazelton, uh, and he said, 
In my youth, I easily watched this movie more times than any other movie. Even by today's standards, the special effects hold up, but it was the story that pulled me in more than anything. Yeah. Looking back now, I see this as a metaphor for how technology can work against us when we rely on it too much. Just look at what social media has done to us. It certainly hasn't made us more social, and it tends to heighten our propensity to negatively react to each other's opinions, as well as create echo chambers and groupthink scenarios. I always thought it would be really clever if the Terminator franchise had explored the possibility of elite humans being at the top of the Skynet pyramid post-Judgment Day as a way, as a way to maintain their illusion of power and control. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And the other one comes from a buddy of mine uh, named Jay Bars from Drunken Dungeon Gaming. He uh, submitted last podcast about Goosebumps. Okay. And he was just saying, uh, I remember when I first saw this movie, it blew me away. The action, graphics, and the gritty tone sucked me in immediately, but above all else, the story was amazing. The story was extremely powerful, emotional, and the quintessential example of a sequel, being far better than its predecessor, and don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved the first one. Now you fast forward a few years and they come out with an extended version. This extended version had a lot of scenes um, put into it that were just left on the cutting room floor. All these little things, and it's so much more emotion and death to every little thing that they did. For example, John Connor is trying to teach the Terminator how to smile. That was an absolutely hysterical moment, but also emotionally powerful. It shows that this thing is supposed to have no emotion or feeling. It's learning how to have such things. Asking questions like, why do people cry, was a very important question. One of the reasons why this movie goes down is one of my all-time favorites. Now, if you speak to people who are fans of the franchise, they'll lie to you and tell you the franchise has gotten better, or a lot worse as the years have gone on. However, everybody would most likely agree the second movie out of the entire franchise was the best. Yeah, I don't think you'd find many people, I'm sure they're out there, that wouldn't agree yeah. that this is... Oh, it's the quintessential Terminator it's, film. Yeah, it's the uh, the linchpin of, of, you know... I mean, Terminator 1 was huge when it came out. Oh, yeah. But... It shows how great this movie was. Yeah. So it just blew that out of the exactly. water. Exactly. Subpar in yeah. comparison. So that's Terminator 2. And if you want to hear more, make sure to check out part two of this podcast where we uh, jump into one of Pat Sweeney's favorite movies of all time, uh, Unforgiven, directed and starring Clint Eastwood.